truth. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis chapter 45, if you would please. As you're turning, I want to mention the table in the back. I hope you'll stop by there. We've got some CDs back there. We've got this one here called Timeless. We've got this one here. It's called uh, 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 Reflections of the Cross. I have to look at them, actually. This one here has got reprise. For those of you who don't know it, when we're singing, our children are filling in all of the other parts in the background. Our daughter and her husband live in Port Huron, Michigan. Brittany, she helps us with a lot of the music. And then, of course, Chad. Chad travels full-time to the, the, the Ball Brothers. He's now filling in for Legacy 5 as a as a, a baritone for them when they don't have somebody to fill in for them. So he does that. So he's running around here, there, and everywhere. And, and then we just went, decided to bring him on up here and sing in the backgrounds to help us with our music, okay? So I hope you'll stop by and pick up a CD or two. You say... Oh, man, it's a bummer. My car doesn't have a CD player anymore. Well, guess what? We've got thumb drives now. Yeah. We've had people go by the table, and they would say, Hey, man, I'd love to get your CDs, but I don't have a CD player in my car anymore because they're not making them in cars anymore, right? So we got these thumb drives there. They wanted us to sell these for $5,000. But today, they're only 30 okay? So you can stop by and pick one of those up. All, all the CDs I just mentioned. And if you don't have this yet, you need to get it. And if you're brave enough to wear it in Madison, Wisconsin, get that right there. It says, Keep America Christian. Amen? Hey, do you believe that? Yeah, so do I. So we got those shirts back there. We're having a hard time. And we got these little bracelet things back there, too. You can have those. Those are just a donation. But for the other things, if you're interested, listen, we take Visa, MasterCard, Cracker Barrel gift cards, and if you got fuel card, we'll take it, okay? I mean, you can stop by the table, so I hope those things will uh, help you as they help us move on down the road. Look at Genesis chapter 45. We're going to start off with verse number one. The Bible says, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man go out from me and there stood no man with him while joseph made himself known unto his brethren and he wept aloud and all the egyptians in the house of pharaoh heard and joseph said unto his brethren i am joseph doth my father yet live and his brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence and Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. I want to I just speak for just a little bit on this thought this morning. Get over it. Get over it. You see, if you were to look at the life of Joseph and you would be able to see some of the things that he went through from the very time he was out there working with his brethren in the fields and he would share some of his dreams with his brethren. Many of us are familiar with that. And they would look at him and they'd hate him for his dreams. They'd hate him more for his words and so forth to the point where what happened was his brethren decided what they were going to do is they were going to kill him. Brothers, we're going to kill the brother. 
And so what happens? They go ahead and they're plotting everything, putting everything together. Joseph is in a pit and they see some merchants, some Ishmaelites on their way over to Egypt. And so what they do is they sell Joseph to those Ishmaelites. Joseph now is over into Egypt. Can you even imagine what that would be like as a 17-year-old kid? All of a sudden leaving his father, leaving his country, leaving everything. They took his coat. And now he's on an auction block in Egypt, and a person by the name of Potiphar buys him so he could serve in his house. Potiphar saw a lot of favor in Joseph. I mean, he liked him. He thought he was great and even put him in charge. And the next thing you know, Potiphar's wife wants an, uh, an, uh, 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 a bad relationship with him, an inappropriate relationship, right? So what happened? All of a sudden she lies, and the next thing you know, Joseph's thrown into prison. Now he's in prison. You'd think he'd have gotten mad or gotten angry and said, boy, you wait. All that time, bitterness could have built up inside of him. And he could have said, wait till I get a hold of them, my brothers again. I'm going to kill them. I'll put them to death. You'd think he would have done that, right? But instead, what he did is he ended up in that prison and making himself useful as a servant, trusting God. Boy, you talked about it in Sunday school, that faith. You want to talk about a person of faith, look at Joseph. And by faith, God, even though he couldn't see the future, right? He knew what was in the past. He couldn't see the future. I really like that, Brother Howells, when you were talking about that. Couldn't see the future, but he trusted God in what was in the future. And God moved him into a position that was second in command over all of Egypt. And guess who shows up? The brothers. Maybe somebody wasn't good to you. Maybe your parents offended you in some way. I say, get over it. Maybe someone hurt you or made you mad. Get over it. Maybe there's a family member who's done wrong. Maybe even over an inheritance. Get over it. Maybe at the workplace you've been mistreated and angry at your boss. Get over it. Don't allow bitterness take root in your life. I say, get over it. Can I tell you some of my sisters are here so they can uh, verify this? Our dad had polio. Our dad had to wear braces when he was little to learn how to walk. Had had crutches. But and I'm going to get emotional. But I don't remember a time that he ever complained. He never complained about it. He never looked to God and shook his fist and said, God, you made me this way. I'm mad at you. You know what he did? He got over it. He got over it, and he moved on. He got, hey, I like what I heard once. I heard somebody say, get over it so you can get on with it. Because we just need to get on with some stuff. You know what I'm talking about? He got over it, and he kept on going. Maybe somebody's disappointed you. Maybe a money partnership went bad. Maybe promises weren't kept. Maybe someone you trusted turned on you. Marriages end because of the most ridiculous things. Get over it. Get over it. Stop hanging on. You know what's happened is the devil is robbing us of our joy because we're too busy concentrating on things of the past and what somebody did and how somebody hurt us that we're not able to be happy today because we're too busy thinking about all the things that went wrong. Can I say get over it? Get over it. Let's move on. I like what somebody told me once. They said, let it go. And all I could think about was, let it go, let it go. 
the whole time. That's all I was thinking for the longest time. I kept on, I'm in the car by myself thinking about get over it. Let it go. You know, all that stuff kind of runs through your head. But the reality of all of this is instead of living that kind of a defeated Christian life, we can live a life that can be victorious. You say, how do we do that? I'm going to read this real quick, read some verses to you real quick. For the sake of time, we're not going to turn to it, but the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, starting off with verse number 29, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That ought to put all of us under conviction. But that which is good to the, oh, oh, listen to this word here. Use of edifying. What a concept that it may minister grace. Minister. Don't you think that we, as Bible-believing Christians, we open up the Bible and we look at this Bible and we know what it says and we believe it with all of our heart. But when it comes to the reality of it, a lot of times we struggle with some of these things about encouraging one another in the Lord. It goes on, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed to the day of redemption. Are you ready? Here it comes. Here it comes. Verse number 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Oh, and this is going to finish it off right here. And be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Aren't you glad that God has forgiven you? So that situation in your life, I don't know where it's at or what you've dealt with, but get over it. Let's just get over it. Let's just do, let Christ change you. Stop criticizing and start edifying. Can I tell you something? We already live in a weird world, man. And it's getting, it is blowing my mind. Probably in the last two to three years, it has gone like crazy weird. And I'm looking around and I'm going, what in the world is going on? Hey, I don't have time to criticize the people I love. I don't have time to let have them criticize me. I don't need to live in a world where what we're doing is we're always complaining about this and complaining about that. I don't like the church because of this. Boy, I didn't like that congregation of some. And I didn't. And we're walking around and we're showing the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Seriously. But sometimes that's the way we are. And what we need to do is stop criticizing and start edifying. What we need to do is start ministering grace. What we need to do is stop grieving the Holy Spirit of God. What we need to do is be forgiving and tenderhearted and show kindness. Because our Christ, our God, has given that to you and to me. So let's pass that on. And how important that is for all of us. To have that back and forth. So get over it. Get over it. I like this. In Acts chapter 7 verse number 9. For the sake of time you don't need to go there. But the Bible says this. And the patriarchs moved with envy and sold Joseph into Egypt. But here listen to this. But God was with him. And delivered him out of all his afflictions. Let me ask you this question. Is God with you? 
you know what we'll do? We're going to be be self-righteous, right? We're going to be self. Yeah, God's with me. He's with me all the time. Is God with you? Yeah, of course. But sometimes we don't show it, do we? Now, I understand that we live in this flesh. I understand what it's like to get behind the wheel of a car and everybody else be the bad driver. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, some of us are going, boy, amen to that one, buddy. (laughs) But what we need to do is really, really let people see that Christ is in us. It is not I, but it is Christ who lives in me. You know, a lot of people got to make it about them. Everybody, today, we live in an entitled society. Everybody's entitled. Well, I've got my rights. Boy, have you ever noticed people like that that are just miserable? Well, I mean. Or they're the victim. Everybody's the victim. Everybody's the victim. I remember playing that game with mom. I play that game with my mom. I go like this. I'd say, mom, mom, nobody loves me. You've been there. Come on, Dean Howell. Your mom's right here. Nobody loves me. Mom, nobody loves me. And my mom, she was the best. She was, she was amazing, an amazing lady. And she would look at me and she'd go, Pat, your mama loves you. <laughs> and I'd say, do you really love me, Mom? She'd say, yes, I love you, Pat. i say, you love me? And she put her hand on my back. I love you. I said, really, do you? She said, yes, I do. Now get in there and clean up your room. <laughs> talking about. My mom wouldn't allow us to be a victim. It just wasn't allowed. And what we've done in the world that we live in today, everybody's looking to be the victim. So they can have everybody feel sorry for them. So they live in this world of sorrow and defense and and, and, and of entitlement. And the reality of it is, man, Jesus died for us. He gave his life for us. He came to save us. We don't have to live in defeat. We can live in victory. Why? Not because of us, but because of him. So let's start being that. Get over it. Get over it. And this is my last point. It goes like this. Reunited and it feels so good. Hey, you know what happened? They got reunited. They were reunited. Brothers were. Joseph, look what it says there in, in verse number four. It says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near me, and I pray you. And they came near, and then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold in, unto Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that she sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. I'm thinking about this, my goodness, 57 
years ago. 58, 58 years ago. As a seven-year-old kid, I know you're doing the math right now, I'm 65, I just got my Medicare card, so we're good. <laughs> As a seven-year-old kid, right over here on the north side of Madison, Wisconsin, within the 1314 Iowa Drive, across the street lived a lady by the name of Ursula Clark, 1309 Iowa Drive. Her brother, Jim Ray, asked me if I wanted to come over for their Good News Club. Some, some of you heard my testimony before. Come over to the Good News Club. He said, they're having chocolate chip cookies. I said, I'm in. <laughs> and I'm going over there, and we sang the songs, man. And we had a refreshment time, and... I remember when Ursula taught a lesson about Joseph and his coat of many colors. It's funny how I remember this so clearly at seven years old. She talked about how Joseph was sold into slavery and how he was mistreated by his brothers and how they were reunited once again and how he looked at his brothers and he had the power because he was second in command over that entire country. He could have looked at his brothers and held on to his, his, his grief and held on to his bitterness and his anger. He could have held on to that, but instead, and, and she said, and he could have put his brothers to death. She said, but instead he showed love. He showed compassion. He showed forgiveness. He showed kindness. And then she went on and she said it was the same thing with Jesus. When he walked down the road to Calvary, yeah, they put a crown of thorns on his head and they whipped him with a cat of nine tails and they beat him in the face over and over again as he would carry that cross along the Via Della Rosa up to the place called the skull and as they would lay him down and pound those nails in his hands and in his feet and they would lift it up to the sky and it would fall into the ground and it would hang there on that cross. Jesus could have looked at you and me and said, I'm done with this and could have put us all to death. But instead, Jesus showed love. And he showed compassion. And he showed forgiveness. And Jesus got over it. I don't know who y'all are today. I know many of you. But some of y'all, I see some new faces. And others, maybe this is your first time here. I don't know. But I'll tell you this much. Jesus wants to accept you into his life. But you must first receive him. The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth on his name. You can trust him. As your personal Lord and Savior today. You can ask him into your life. Do you know why? Because he got over it. Others of us. Maybe there's something that you've been hanging on to. Man, you've been holding on to that anger inside. I could give you illustration after illustration in our lives and being involved in the ministry or out of the ministry. It doesn't matter. I could give you, I could give you illustration after illustration about how people have hurt me. 
But you know what? I just decided I'm getting over it. Maybe this morning you need to get over it. Maybe this morning you need to get those things taken care of. Let's stand together, please. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Pastor Howell will be coming to the platform here in just a moment. Our piano player is making her way to the piano. We're getting ready for an invitation song. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. You don't know Christ as your Savior. Can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? Just out of respect. Maybe you don't know Jesus, but today you say, you know what, I'd like to know him. If he's willing to forgive me. One thing I've noticed about Madison people, they're bold. So I want, to know, I want, you, I want you to think about this. Be bold right now. Say, you know what, I'm not, I don't know Christ. I don't know Jesus. But I sure would like to have your prayers about it. Would you pray with me about that? I'd love to pray with you. Can I see your hand? I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I've trusted Christ. I'm not sure. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Others of us have been hanging on to some bitterness for a long time. Maybe during this invitation time, we need to just slip out of our seats for a moment, come to this altar and kneel down. And just in a humble way, say, Lord, I've been hanging on to some things. Oh, wouldn't it be great to just let that go today and give it to God? Today you can get over it. In just a moment, what's going to happen is I'm going to pray. And after I'm done praying, the piano will begin to play. As the piano begins to play, would you be one that would be willing to say, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to the altar. And I'm going to lay some things there because I know I need to. Father, I pray that you'll bless this invitation. Lord, if there be someone here that just needs to kneel down for a moment, just talk to you and say, I need to get over it. I pray that would happen today. Bless this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.